1: He's not surprised by our imperfection our failures he remembers our weakness and frailty and and so he doesn't demand or expect perfection from us he simply asks that we do our sincere best to follow christ and cooperate with him as he works inside us how do we cooperate look back at verse 3 with me now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him.
0: In 1 John chapter 2, the apostle John writes that Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. Pastor Robert teaches us in today's message that this means that Jesus paid for the sins of the whole entire world. Because the Lord Jesus is our righteousness, we are free to love and obey him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you, our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with part one of today's message in 1 John chapter 2. In 1
1: John chapter 2, verse 1, John writes, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. You know, John starts out this section with an emotional plea. I, I, I dug in just a little bit, looked up the Greek word that he used that is translated here, children, just to see, you know, what's he what's he saying exactly? I found something that was kind of touching. You know, when John was a young man, Jesus referred to him as a son of thunder. You remember the story, some of you, he, he and his brother wanted to call down fire from heaven on the Samaritan village because they, you know, they didn't want to, give Jesus a place to stay. He's like, let us burn them up. We'll set And Jesus like, no, no, you don't know what spirit you're of. That's, that's not, that's not my heart. Apparently in his old age, John had softened up some because what he said here, one of the commentators said, you know, what he's actually saying is something along the lines of my little darlings. I like that. My little darlings. I'm writing these things to you so that, so that you won't miss the mark. You know, I've had that kind of conversation with my kids more than once, talking to you about this stuff so that you won't make the same mistakes I made at your age. I don't want you to go through everything that I went through. I'm trying to talk to you about these things because I I don't want you to have to endure the negative consequences that come about when you miss the mark, when you sin. You know, that's what we do when we love somebody, right? We talk to them, we try our best to protect them, to teach them, to help them, to guide them. And that's what John is doing here. He says, guys, I don't want you to mess up. I'm writing this to you because I don't want you to mess up. But being realistic, he didn't stop there. He goes on to say that even if we do mess up, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. You know, I encounter a lot of Christians that that's kind of the way they feel. And I I remember as a young man, the night that I accepted the Lord, I, I remember thinking, you know and i actually kind of in my little prayer said to the lord okay if i don't mess up tomorrow morning before i remember that we've had this conversation then i'm yours you got a deal that was my prayer faith you know my sinner's prayer but i remember it stands out to me in my in my memory that i thought if i mess up if i don't get things exactly right I failed Uh, it's you know it's hopeless it was that kind of that kind of feeling and John says my little darlings my little children these things I write to you so that you may not sin and if anyone sins just in case if you know if it happens we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous it's interesting that he puts that tag on there right Jesus Christ the righteous because he's the only one right The Bible makes it clear that nobody else is, nobody else is. In and of themselves, nobody on the planet is or ever has been righteous, just him. And he himself, verse 2 says, is the propitiation for our sins. He's he's the payment. He he is the, the sacrifice, the covering, the cleansing. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. That's a fascinating statement. He is the payment for the whole world. The entire world has been paid for. See, it's so important that we remember that. When you're wrestling with forgiving somebody, remember, he bought their sin. Whatever it is they did to you, he bought it. It's his. He paid for it. So if you're holding a grudge, actually, you're holding a grudge with him. It's his. He took it. You're going to crucify him all over again because they did you wrong? You better wrestle with that a little bit. And I, I love that God made sure John included this in this passage. You know, I've shared with you before, it reminds me of, of something that my dad said to me one time. I was 14, 15 years old, something like that, working on his, one of his construction sites. We were you know, building a house, and my dad gave me an assignment to complete. I wasn't sure I could do it. Correctly. He left and went to the building supply house to buy materials. He was gone for a few hours and I was there with the other guys. But, you know, I was afraid I couldn't perfectly complete the task he'd given me, so I just didn't do it. And when he got back, at first he was really angry. You know, I mean, he was upset. But then when I told him why I didn't do it, he he just got this sad look in his eyes. I mean, I was real surprised. Because my my dad is not the quiet type in the sense of, you know, when he gets angry, you're clear that he's angry. And it went away, which never happened. It didn't just go away. But that day, it just went away. And he got this look in his eyes, you know. And, And he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, son, you need to at least try. And if you mess it up, I'll fix it. And that for me was so profound in that moment i was just blown away because you know here's here's my dad who could be a little bit overbearing a little bit demanding a little he he had no patience with not being able to do something because he's the kind of guy if if he sees you do it once he can do it i'm not that kind of guy especially when it comes to building things i'm the kind of guy you know i take it apart put it back together no problem but what are these five or six things that are left over it's like what's that about Did they give me extra? How did, you know, always seem to have extra nuts and bolts. But my dad, you know, he just just looked me in the eye with that sad face, and he said, just try. I'll fix it if you mess it up. You know, that's the heart of our Heavenly Father. King David understood it. He wrote this in Psalm 103, verse 11. He says, for as the heavens are high above the earth... So great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, and the idea there's compassion. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments, to do them. What's he saying? What he's saying is that God isn't surprised by our sins. He's not surprised by our imperfection, our failures. He remembers our weakness and frailty, and and so he doesn't demand or expect perfection from us. He simply asks that we do our sincere best to follow Christ and cooperate with him as he works inside us. How do we cooperate? Look back at verse three with me. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who, who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So we cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit inside us by, by reading and applying God's word.
0: and we want to let you know how you can help partner with us to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy.
2: We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves.